the actual blurb is quite uh, quite fitting, mate. It's a nice little hook for us to to launch into your first point here is most business owners started their company because they wanted more freedom to work on their own schedules, make the kind of money they deserve and eventually retire on the fruits of their labor. Unfortunately, according to John, most owners find that stepping out of the picture is extremely difficult because their business relies too heavily on their personal involvement. Without them, their company, no matter how big or profitable, is essentially worthless. Ah, absolutely. That seems to be very much true. So I guess the opening point of his his company, his book, apologies, the opening point of his book is really that you want to build a business to sell even if you don't intend to sell your company. And, you know, from personal experience, I can say that this is a very, very insightful point um because as you said in that blurb i think that building a company it can easily be a trap um it can be a job you can't quit um and it can make you more bound to uh your job than even if you work for someone else because you can't kind of let it go when you go home there's no one else there to do it it's just you and the company you likely work for has kind of gone through this sort of evolution um, and gotten big enough to have some sort of system in place to mean that you can step away. And so a lot of the idea of this book is kind of setting up the way that a small, medium business does run where it just relies entirely on the owner. Yeah, and it's it's, it's almost like an intertwining between the, the ego of the owner and the actual identity of the business type thing and somehow you know untwirling a little bit of that in that you don't need to be across absolutely every nook and cranny of what's going on and delivery every single service in that the business is offering but yeah for me it's like deep it's even deeper than that it's sort of Mm -hmm. like if you've started a company you've likely had a thought about your life where you're like i want something a little bit different. I want either that freedom or I want to pursue this thing. I don't want to have a boss. So it's something to do with um, bringing a new type of work that fits with your life. But once you start something, it's very difficult. That can some somewhat become all-consuming and running the business is sort of all you think about when you go to sleep and wake up and all that sort of thing and suddenly the rest of your life kind of drops away if you're not careful. So you need to design your business and your life at the same time mm-hmm. and it's very hard to do, I I think. Um, and so I guess now I've run the company I'm part owner in for six years and um I've started describing it as like starting a business is a little bit like going, maybe going for a hike, you know. Tell us um, about a hike, Locke. Well, you put your pack on and you pick to go out somewhere and you can, and depending what trail you pick, it's going to be either really difficult or really easy or somewhere in the middle. So you're picking your environment and if you're well-trained and well-prepared and fit, 
it's going to be relatively comfortable if the track's really fairly comfortable. Um, and so there's an element of preparation that's involved. And I've been on some hikes where I haven't trained at all and it is absolutely brutal. And once you're out there, there, there ain't no chopper coming to pick you up. Um, if you've picked something that's a bit hard or a bit difficult, you've got to slog through that. Um, and then on top of that, there's the weather and all the unexpected things that can happen. So you might go hiking and it's it's just absolutely pouring rain and it's an absolute misery, you know, as you, everything gets wet and your tent and you're like, oh, geez. But you see those people who've done a heap of hiking before and they're kind of strolling through it, no worries, you know. Um, and so the point being that it's extremely, it's kind of a combination of luck, the environment you pick and your level of preparedness and willingness to kind of stick it out at the same time. That that means how is this actually going to improve my life or is it going to be something that I kind of wish I'd never done or am I just going to get lost in the woods? <laughs> tell, tell us about the, uh, the machine or the Dalio's machine and, and how it kind of fits in with this, this context here. Well, Ray is the person who wrote principles, guy who's built the most successful hedge fund in the world and wrote this book where it basically tells you how he approaches his work blow by blow in only the way that probably someone who's as sort of mathematical and analytical as him could do, which is just in a bunch of steps. Um, and one of his kind of philosophies around building a company is that effectively you're trying to build a machine and that you're putting in place all these different functions of the machine that interact with one another. And your job as the business owner or manager or CEO or team leader or whatever is to basically look down upon that system and design it in a way that it's kind of autonomous, it works like that. So you've got a you might have an operations system with, you might have an HR system, you might have uh, a sales and marketing system or something. And that involves the people who are working there, the processes they use, the customers, how they interact with you, all these things are part of this machine. And you need to make sure that you make it so that thing's running as smoothly as possible and as efficiently as possible. That's exactly right. Mate. And and this doesn't necessarily need, you know, it doesn't just apply to, you know, the biggest hedge fund in the world size business. It's this applies right down to the sole, the sole proprietor, and how how you implement the systems within your business. So, you know, if you do need to hire someone, if you are making sales calls, you aren't creating it from scratch every single time. You've got some, maybe some talking points to go to uh, through that hiring process, through that sales process. You've got, you know, set templates for how you do things. All this stuff is building that machine. These are the the little things you can, and, and things get a lot more sophisticated as you start bringing in technologies, you start bringing in um, ways of building culture and, and people uh, systems. It's, it's, uh, it's very much you needing to make less decisions in the in that particular moment you've like scaled out your decisions so in the book he talks about this kind of imaginary marketing agency that does all types of different marketing um they 
service. They basically, a customer rings them up, they do whatever the customer asks and they're kind of pretty good at a lot of things but the business is struggling to really, um, you know, break out. And also it all comes back to the owner, all the questions and stuff because every assignment's very different. It all kind of um, has to be bespoke each time they do something. They never have really the customer can kind of ask them whatever they want and they have one or two really big clients that give them all the work. I think it's called the Stapleton Agency and um, and the book's kind the of revolves. <laughs> the, the book kind of revolves around um, the owner and, and he goes to a mentor and the mentor takes him through the steps to transform his company. Um, and probably the first one, Ryan, that you kind of wanted to talk about was kind of something that kind of helps you build that machine. Yeah. There's there's one there's one little um undercurrent that is throughout this entire book that I think it never gets explicitly called out, uh, which you've just hit on, mate, is how often do people have business mentors? How often do people have coaches and things for their own businesses? And I think I think the entire story is who, who's the person that's teaching um, the main character, the protagonist along the story you know, in this book. He's always been guided by this this coach, this mentor in the way the story is framed. And I don't think a great deal of, particularly in the small business category, have, have um, business coaches or have these mentors that they go to. Is that a fair... Fair statement? I would say so, yeah. I mean, I think that's generally true. Um, I mean, for me, I... we You are an exception. I, yeah, I, I have, but I'm lucky to have, have one. But there was a certain point that we got to in our company about three or four, probably four years in where we just got to the point where we said, geez, this is getting really hard and it's it's really difficult, feel a bit alone out there trying to figure these problems. And so we, we appointed an advisory board and it actually changed um, changed everything for us really uh, and and certainly helped us take the, take the stress out of out of um, running the company. Yeah, and I think I think that <clears throat> that ties back to what we were just talking about before, with which is this: you're like outsourcing a lot of the decisions and a lot of the burden that goes into making decisions, particularly in spaces that you just haven't ventured through before, that you haven't seen before. And I think there's a real power in that. Um, it, it's 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 not there's all these rules throughout this book. It's like Ted's rules or Ted's tips, because um, Ted's the the mentor. Yeah, and I don't think it gets called out across all the you know twenty tips that there are in the book. That having a business mentor is is probably a crucial one to allow any of those tips to occur in the first place. So uh, I do want to point that point that one out. Wow, uh, before that's you... a very insightful. I actually hadn't thought about that. Mm, either did I until you kind of you gave me the perspective shift in that moment, Locke. So thanks for that, mate. <laughs> do you have you found someone? Uh, yeah, I, 
I, well, I tend to talk to you a lot about business lock. So, um, but, and I think, I think people have a lot of, sorry, I think, I think just having lots of conversations around business with other people who run businesses or, um, who, um, are in high leadership positions at, at certain companies. I think that helps, um, just diffusion, the diffusion of those conversations. So I wouldn't say I've got something as explicit as your advisory board, but that might be something that comes later down the track. The idea um, here is to basically turn your service into a product uh, and productize your service as much as possible so you can systemize it. This is something I have not managed to achieve fully in in my business but it is something that um that's very difficult to do but even steps towards it help you a lot i found um the i've got an interesting sort of caveat or parenthesis to this discussion um about products and services that that um that is this. So I got told by one of my, my mentors that if you sell products, the best people at selling products sell their product as a service and the best people who sell their services sell their services as a product. So if you go to the Apple store or something like that. They've wrapped, or you go to Mercedes or something. Not that I, I have been in a Mercedes dealership, but or go to Lamborghini or something. You've they, been in one of those, though. Every Saturday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, they wrap. Well, I've got a Volkswagen, right? And they do this too. They wrap a bunch of services around their product to make it feel very much differentiated from the other products. If you go to the Apple store, it's a full service that you're getting there to buy that product. Mm-hmm. And if you go to uh, a car dealership, they serve you coffee. They've got these sort of extra programs. When you go to get your car service there, it's all very much um, you get treated very uh like it's kind of bespoke to you, you feel like that. You go in and, and you're treated very well by the people um, and they've wrapped all these other things around it. And then the opposite, if you sell a service, productizing your service is often a great idea because it makes it very defined um, and very able to be um, sort of made better and better and better And because sometimes I found selling a service, which is I'm in a service business, it's very difficult to describe to customers what you actually do. Um, I, 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 think so, yeah. I, I think I think there's two things in there, mate, that I want to point out. Um, one, I think the business environment that your business operates in is very, very complex. And I think uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are complex, but because of the varying needs of what it is that your business services, um, these are completely different projects, you know, depending on what the client's projects are. 
it, it means that it's very hard to template out a lot of what you do. And so you need to look at other ways of templating out what you do as opposed to the actual specific output um, that it is that you do. And because you, you guys provide like engineering orientated services um, from a construction standpoint. And now design. And now and design standpoint. Okay, so. just add in. Any others, mate? No, that's it for now. But watch, watch this space. We also do and, digital engineering and a lot of drone flights too now. So if you need one of those, hit me up on the uh, Instagram comments. <laughs> and um, you'll be you'll be giving signatures after the uh, after the episode. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so the um, the I think the space that you operate in, even the design business, mate. These are very specific to the need of the environment that you're designing or delivering for. You know, it changes from every single one, and so it's very hard to to template that up. Whereas you move into the the Stapleton agencies, which is the topic of discussion in the book. Yes, they are. They have different client needs, but they move into the logo business, and they only start building logos. Um, so they were offering this suite of different activities and they really honed in on we need to make the best possible logos, which was their kind of their core capability in the first place. And then they developed a specific process around how they do that and what's included in developing a logo and what is not included in developing a logo. As a result of that, they can set up the resources both from a people perspective and a technological perspective and a all other capability perspective to enable the delivery of those services in the best possible way, um, even though it's a now it's a productized service, if you will. So I think I think the complexity of the environment that you operate in, Locke, has a has a real it adds it's an added bonus challenge, you know, for mm. for you guys there. Um, I don't think yeah, unsolvable so. though. Well, I think that this is probably where I hit a bit of a beef with old John mm. is that you have to be super careful at that point where you're like, all right, we're only doing logos now, you know. Mm. So I could probably do that and say, oh, we're only going to do estimating now and that's all we do. We just we just do estimating and everyone else can get stuffed. Well, that's a pretty bold move um, and really – very, it really narrows you in and I think it's got to be done with some nuance. Um, so I'd be careful following that piece of advice um, because you are really putting your eggs in, in one basket and unless you've read the market really, really well, that could be problematic if you did it all at once. This this but, is this yeah. is exactly right, mate. I, I totally agree with you here. In that, when you are moving to that, this happens very quick in the book, and I think it's something that doesn't get, again, explicitly called out that probably should. You look at uh, the startup methodology for developing a product, or you know how the startups develop products. There's this whole MVP cycle that happens, and there is a ton of market research that needs to happen in that and continual market research feeding the beast of building any product um, which is intrin- that needs to be intrinsically linked with the capabilities 
of the founder and the and the founding team, if you will, which is where you get into this product, founder, market, fit cycle. And so to just blindly choose one of these um, aspects of your service offer offering business can be very dangerous because, as you say, you could that may not be the product founder market fit that that you guys have as a as a business. I would probably say yeah. So what he's trying to say here is, and I'm sure it works if you get it right, um, is you need to basically make sure that your business doesn't rely too much on yourself. You've got to build a business that that is ready to sell even if you don't intend to sell it. So point two then is to really turn your business into a machine um, in a good way. <laughs> and to do that, you need to be focused. So productize what you're doing and start thinking about it as a process. So if you do logo design, you want the five-step logo design process, which he goes through in the book. Part one is you go and see the customer. Part two is you come up with a number of sketches, just in black and white. Part three is you go and show them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that's your standard way of doing it, and you'll get bloody good at doing that. But he's sort of saying pick the best thing you're good at and just hone in on that and i would agree with that to to a point but what i would say is that maybe you where possible don't just yes pick the thing you're great at and maximize the return from that but don't necessarily have to shut down everything else you're doing in the Mm. in the meantime Um, but you want to know what the drivers of success are in your business and then optimize the hell out of them. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. The um, I I think I think it's the cutting of the peripheral stuff that doesn't align with the business strategy that but can be. Don't important do here. stuff that's low leverage. Don't do stuff that doesn't serve you. Fire the customers who are a pain in the ass if you can, um, and. And then you're starting to get a system, aren't you? Then you're starting to get something that's going to generate returns and value that you can reinvest and make you make yourself even better. Um, and as you start defining what you can do, other people can do it. So the stress that's on you, if you want to keep it at roughly the same size, is is now gone. And that's a key point of his is that it dramatically reduces the stress on the founder if you can start thinking and doing things in this way. 